0: the Todd Stansbury podcast from ramblinrec.com. This is the official podcast of Georgia Tech Athletic Director Todd Stansbury as he gives you an inside look at what's happening around Yellow Jacket athletics. Now, alongside Tech Athletic Director Todd Stansbury, here's the voice of the Yellow Jackets, Andy Demetra. And we welcome you
1: in. Glad to have you along once more for the Toddcast with Athletic Director Todd Stansberry. I'm Andy Demetra. He's AD Todd Stansberry. Busy, busy spring. Todd, are you ready for a spring where you have 16 of your 17 sports in competition between now and the end of the academic year? And the one that isn't is football, and they'll be having a full spring schedule.
0: Yeah, I love when people want to know, um, what are you going to do? What do you do after the football season's over? And um, normally spring is when we have a majority of our sports participating. However, uh, 16 of 17 is definitely going to be a busy spring for us little unprecedented
1: but of course uh, unprecedented has been the theme for most of this last year in college athletics for those of you who are new to the toddcast this is our open line with the athletic director for your yellow jackets if you ever have a question for todd Stansberry for a future edition of the toddcast you can always drop it on twitter just attach the hashtag Toddcast, and uh, we look forward to incorporating it in a future episode. Make sure you like, you listen, you subscribe, you tell your Yellow Jacket fans, you tell your neighbors, and uh, as we continue to build up the Toddcast. I don't think people are re- aware of this though, Todd. You've got six teams right now that are currently ranked in the top 25s of their sports, and that has to make you very thrilled.
0: Well, when you look at the broad-based success and under the circumstances with which our student-athletes have had to train and compete all year and the fact that you have six that are that are all ranked in the top twenty, um, uh, and that's uh, women's tennis, women's cross country, baseball, men's swimming and diving, volleyball, golf, uh, both men's and women's basketball are both getting votes and and are uh, are are breaking uh, winning records um, as far as uh, the men at home with eleven straight ACC victories, and the women were riding a a seven-game winning streak, um, and both of those are program records. Uh, and then you, you you look at golf. I mean, golf's ranked 20th in the country without two U.S. amateur champions and the current Georgia amateur champion. All three of those, of course, decided to turn pro. But despite that, those losses, we're still a top-20 team and I think a real tribute to just the... The program that Bruce has put together, and and it's uh you know as Georgia Tech, uh is as a institution it's um you know next man or woman up, and uh, I think that's you know that's a, a great example of um of of what that means.
1: When you're at an engineering institute, you traffic a lot in numbers, but from an athletic standpoint, it's always great when you see those numbers before. Georgia Tech, is it means you're you're in the rankings. So congratulations to all the programs in their top 25s, and hopefully uh, the ranks can grow uh, before the spring is out.
0: Well, I think the other um, rankings that um, are pretty impressive is that I, I, I think the number is either eight or nine of our programs have had r- nationally ranked recruiting classes um, over the last year and a half as well. So um, that's feeding the pipeline with. Um, some of the best uh, student athletes um, in the, the entire country. And so as you look at the momentum and kind of where we are right now with broad-based success, uh, that's just going to be continue to be fueled by the, the, um, the, the, the types of recruiting classes that we're putting together.
1: And oh, by the way, uh, Georgia Tech now has a new pro football Hall of Famer and calvin johnson so uh there is excitement not just with what's on the field but those who have starred on these fields in years past and we'll talk about calvin a little later on here uh on the podcast i know you were able to exchange some texts with him the night that he got the announcement that he'd be a member of the uh, pro football hall of fame class of 2021
0: so actually it's pretty cool because i was at the basketball game and uh when it was announced and he got quite the ovation there and i relayed that to him and um yeah, it was just nice to kind of text back and forth as it was happening, and and um, uh, obviously an incredible uh, uh, accomplishment, but one I think we all expected, uh, given that all he's done uh, as a pro, and then obviously while he was here at Georgia Tech. Nathan Bird
1: told me a great story back in the fall. It was one practice early in Calvin Johnson's freshman year, and he had to try to cover him on a route and just left contrails behind him and Nathan said yep that guy's different (laughs) so he knew very early on that this guy was was uh, destined for greatness I do have to ask and I don't know if athletic director decorum compels you to behave a certain way at sporting events but I'm really curious have you joined the Georgia Tech students in McCamish this year in whacking the seat backs to drum up more noise for the teams uh
0: probably not. Okay. Um although usually given the way that we win some of these games, I I do a lot of pacing. I I uh I'm more of a pacer than a, than a banger. Uh
1: you you had to to read the comments from Mike Bray, Notre Dame's head coach on the ACC teleconference this week about the atmosphere that you guys have been able to generate. I know there were a lot of tough conversations that you had to have both here and with the institute about what measures you'd have to put in place for attendance, and and Georgia Tech is fortunate to simply be able to, to welcome in fans, to know that it has created an atmosphere that Georgia Tech students have embraced, and it has not gone unnoticed or, in this case, unheard by coaches of the opposing teams. That has to make you feel really good as an AD.
0: Yeah, and I think it's a real tribute to the students. Um, They're the ones that obviously make up a majority of the crowd, given that we really tried to focus on uh, making sure that we could provide our students with some sense of a a normal collegiate experience and um, tried to really um, secure a majority of of, um, our capacity for students. And boy, have they come through, and they've shown up, and for them to be acknowledged by a uh, an opposing coach um, is, uh, I think, a real tribute to them. And of course, Mike Bray, an incredibly, you know, he's just a class act, and and um, you know, as I, I know, as. Um, Josh has looked at how do we want to build it at, at, at Georgia Tech. Um, we've always looked to the way that they've built it at, at Notre Dame, the whole get old, stay old. Mm-hmm. And, and of course, the fact that Rod Brolanis, one of our former um, Jackets, is, has been on his staff almost his entire career. Um, you know, uh, they do it the right way. Um, that's that's the way we do it. So, uh, to hear him uh, acknowledge our students um, was was uh, a pretty cool gesture on his part. I didn't know until you told me before we started recording, you worked
1: with Mike Bray's brother, when you were at UCF.
0: Yeah, Mike's uh, brother Shane was on my staff. He was um, one of our uh, assistant athletic directors at UCF.
1: I didn't even know Mike Bray had a brother, let alone (laughs) one who worked for you at UCF. Yeah, phenomenal
0: family. You know, they're um, they they come out of that uh, that whole uh, Damatha background out of um you know the dc area but really uh, a quality family
1: well the atmosphere has been good inside mccamish the basketball has been just as good not just with josh pastor and the men but nell fortner and the women uh we'll start with the men and as we record this getting ready to face number nine virginia have a school record acc home win streak they're in the midst though of a really brutal stretch of games five and eleven four and seven if you want to get really specific However, with a stretch as physically taxing as this, this is where the commitment to technology and innovation, particularly in the areas of nutrition and recovery, can be so valuable, so vital. It's something you've talked about on the podcast before, and you're going to get that proof of concept here within the men's basketball program. Why it's such an important investment?
0: Yeah, I think uh, as I you know one one of the things that I've I've always said needs to be a priority for us is um, and needs to be part of our DNA is how do we use science and technology to build a better student athlete? And I know a lot of people have heard of you know, what our, our, our football program does. Um, Ryan Horton, who's our, um, our, our director of uh, uh, sports science and, and on the men's basketball side and in our other programs, we, uh, we have uh, you know similar, similar technology that's being used and uh, Dan Taylor I think has done a phenomenal job in in getting our um, our, our team ready for a stretch like this and similar to football uh, they monitor every movement every practice and if it looks like um, players are starting to exceed their their fitness thresholds they dial back practice and and monitor that on a really on a daily basis so, um you know we're we're gonna approach uh four games in seven days uh with science and and try to make sure that our kids are in the best shape possible and that we don't overtrain them and that we take into account the fact that um they're going to be asked to do a lot over the next week
1: let me ask you this because you just finished serving your stint on the college football playoff committee with all these res- rescheduled games there is going to be- create some natural scheduling and balance and for example uh, Georgia Tech will face two opponents in a row where Georgia Tech is playing you know four and seven days well Pittsburgh and Clemson will have not played for more than a week by the time they face Georgia Tech and it was very similar when Georgia Tech went to play Louisville on the road uh, earlier this year how much do you think that scheduling and balance will be a topic of consideration when the NCAA tournament selection committee gets down and decides resumes, do you think that will be a topic of consideration?
0: Yeah, I think when uh, these committees get in the room, they're going to talk about everything that that um, you know may affect a, 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 a team's performance, and, and just as you look at bad wins and. You know, and good wins and and or bad win, or good wins and bad losses and all those kinds of things. I think that you know uh, you really look at everything because um, you're trying to make the best decisions you can. And of course, this year being the way it is, there's going to be all kinds of different um, you know nuances to to records that um, you haven't really had to deal with in the past. I mean, you've always looked at. You know, if a key player's been injured and those kinds of things, but with COVID, I mean, you're you're looking at key players potentially not being able to play or not having a full roster available, or um, you know, going out there with um, you know uh, a, a a number of players that don't get to play often. We've been in that position too. So, um, at the end of the day, I think you're going to look at everything and try to make the best decisions you can.
1: I'm not asking you to declassify anything from this past season, but that had to be part of your conversations each week with the CFP committee. You had some teams that played more games than others. You had some teams that were more adversely affected by players being unavailable due to COVID, and they might not have looked as impressive in this game or that game. And how much do you take that into account when you examine their whole body of work? Do you anticipate that that is going to be the same a thread of conversation as we get closer to March when you're evaluating different teams for their NCAA tournament resumes.
0: You know, I I think that it's probably going to be all of the above. Um the good thing with basketball, there'll just be I think um, more games. Mm-hmm. Um so the the body of work is is going to be there and then when you know when you start splitting hairs, which ultimately you're going to get to a point where that's what you're Gonna have to do then. I think you're gonna take everything into consideration and just try and figure out um, what are the best teams and um, and and uh, I think you're gonna find that (laughs) you're gonna have to throw everything into the equation.
1: Is this a year as abstract as it is, where the eye test maybe takes on more weight than a typical year because of all those factors?
0: Um, I think it's gonna be interesting because how much is going to be affected by who is available who had Man. you know four games in 7 days i mean when it comes down to you know the end um i'm sure that conversation w- will come up when teams are put in the position with makeup games or playing shorthanded or those kinds of things um and you're going to try and weigh that against um records and and wins and all the you know so it's going to be it's going to be a tough um uh situation for the committee but i i know that um uh they are going to um they're going to they're, it's going to be one of those it's going to be a late late night um <laughs> as they uh, ultimately decide the field
1: you sound like you're speaking from experience <laughs> yeah. when it talks when you come to when it comes to late nights uh, in women's basketball we had mentioned uh, as well the seven game Regular season ACC win streak, longest in school history, tied for their longest ACC win streak ever. Back in 2012, they won their last five regular season ACC games, when appear in the conference tournament. Nell Ford are doing a terrific job at her second season. Their net ranking is at 25. They've got the ACC's leading rebounder in Loretta Kubai, Lodemai Lawton, another potential first-team all-ACC candidate. Uh, you know, when you hired Nell, this had to be the vision Uh, that you had for her and undertaking this program and where she could lead it to your thoughts on what you've seen from women's hoops this this winter
0: i mean 11-4 9-3 in the acc third place in the acc you know this far in um definitely going to be a candidate i think for coach of the year um and and if you look at the way this team plays uh, they 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 just grind. They keep going. They don't panic when they get down. Um, they, they they just keep playing, and um, and so uh, you know it's one of those that you know a lot of times you 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 see teams take on the personality of their head coaches, and I think in this case um, Nell ne- never gets flustered. I mean you rarely see her you know raising her voice. Um, She just um, is a a phenomenal motivator, teacher, um, educator, the way that she um, puts her her student-athletes in a position to be successful, and they execute. And there's no panic. Um, There's just execution. And this team, uh, you know, obviously we're two years in, but this team that she's got right now, has the potential to make this a very, very special year for our women's basketball program. And um, it, it's, uh, I mean, with both teams. But uh, that comeback Clemson, by the way. Unbelievable. Unbelievable. You and, know,
1: ESPN's Gamecast, <laughs> at the two and a half minute mark of that game, when Clemson was up 69 60, they gave Clemson a 99.5% <laughs> chance of winning that game.
0: Yeah, well, I'm not going to say I, I, I gave up, but it looked a little bleak at that point, and then here they here they come. Yeah, and um, and I mean, and that's the way uh, the men's team beat Notre Dame. The same, you know, the same type of situation, uh, and I think that it's a real tribute uh, to the coaches uh, to both um, Josh and Nell um, in preparing their their um, their teams. And then the fact that they just never—I mean—they play until there's zero-zero on the on the clock, and um, and then I think the other thing is obviously, um, uh, as uh, Coach Bray indicated, um, our uh, our fans, um, even though we're limited in capacity. Uh, we are definitely making our presence known. Yep. And atmosphere is what you make of it this year
1: more than any other. And certainly we salute all the students who have been to McCamish Pavilion this year. You've watched some good basketball, and you've been heard loud and clear. With football getting ready for spring practice uh, in this space between the end of the regular season and the start of spring, it's award season, and Georgia Tech got its third-ever unanimous All-American in uh, Presley Harvin, winner of the Ray Guy Award. And it was historic, too, because uh, Presley, and and we're recording this podcast during Black History Month, he's the first African-American to ever win the Ray Guy Award. He just hit nukes
0: yeah, for four years. And and the thing about it is, you know, Ray Guy, obviously, uh, it's not even arguably the best punter in the history of the game. He was the the best punter in the history of the game. And so for for Presley to be the first African-American to to win that award, I mean, it's... um, it's a real. Uh, uh, it's pretty significant on uh, on a lot of levels, um, and of course, this being Black History Month, we're in the pro. You know, all of our teams are really um, recognizing uh, those trailblazers here at, at at Georgia Tech, and and um, you know, many of those uh, we honored two years ago when uh, it was the 50th anniversary of the inter- integration of Georgia Tech athletics and people like eddie mackishan joe harrison and so um yeah a lot going on and um and uh real tribute to to presley it's it's amazing to me that um you know it's uh only the third um uh unanimous all-american given all the all-americans that we have but he's He's joined some pretty rarefied air when you look at. He's joined Calvin Johnson and and Ken Swilling, who played on that 1990 national championship team.
1: You know, if I think Johnny Hecker hadn't already appropriated the nickname, we got Megatron. I feel like Presley deserves to be called Legatron. Either way, that's pretty good company.
0: And Presley Harvin, congratulations to him. Ray Guy award winner. And you know my relationship with uh, Hecker, don't you? I don't. So Johnny Hecker um, was my punter at Oregon State and was also on the first um, uh, Beavers Without Borders trip uh, to Guatemala uh, that was obviously the the template that I've used since for um, Jackets Without Borders. So um, I go way back with Johnny Hecker.
1: You've seen some good pun in your, uh, (laughs) your athletic director career. You just bring them in, don't you? Oh, yeah. I mean, hey. what, what can we say? You know, people want to know the secret. Evidently, it's having U.S. athletic director.
0: Well, I don't know about that, but uh, it's also called being in the right place at the right time. Well, there
1: is a certain element of that. You
0: know, when I ran against Ben Johnson um, and uh, played football against Herschel and... Um, played junior and hockey and against Gretzky? Jun- yeah, I'm like the Forrest Gump of <laughs> athletics.
1: How'd you do in that track race against Ben Johnson?
0: I was in the race. Okay. <laughs> but you were clean. <laughs> uh at thirteen he was clean too. Oh, well then
1: that's fair. And, okay. he,
0: and he still ran a, a ten, three hundred meters, I believe.
1: Yeah, that's that's pretty solid. Yeah. Pretty solid. Uh let's sprint ahead now to football. And the schedule finally got released for twenty twenty-one. Just the announcement of that stirred a lot of excitement in uh in Georgia Tech fans. Can you go into a little detail though about Uh, the rationale behind the ACC keeping the same opponent rotation uh, that was scheduled for 2021?
0: Yeah, a lot of it is looking at uh, 2020 as kind of a one-off. Of course, we didn't have divisional play. And so rather than disrupt the entire schedule, um, we just felt like it was easiest to go back to um, what would have been our normal schedule, knowing that 2020 was so unusual. And so while it does create some issues asso- uh, uh, associated with return opponents and that sort of thing, um, it ends up being the most uh, non-disruptive non-disru- way of going about doing it.
1: Starts up September 4th at Bobby Dodd Stadium versus NIU. That'll be a big one in the Demetra household. My mom got her master's from Northern Illinois. Little known fact. Hmm. Yeah. There's going to be a fierce debate, by the way, over the proper way to pronounce "decab" in that Georgia Tech Northern Illinois matchup, because they say DeKalb Yes. At NIU. Yeah, I knew that. Yeah, so, so, so I'm not yeah. saying it's going to be the biggest storyline. It's going to be a little down the list, but yeah. I mean, you know, we got some time to fill in the broadcast. I'm no, sure I can we can
0: see why locally that will be a problem.
1: Yeah, a little bit, uh, and I am uh, uniquely suited to speak on behalf <laughs> of both pronunciations. Um, clean old-fashioned tape. November 27th, and it is going to be at Bobby Dodd
0: Stadium. Yes. It's going to be great to get back. Um, to. To You'll know that we're back in some sense of normalcy or how unusual this past year was um, by not playing Georgia. So um, mm-hmm. obviously looking forward to kind of getting back to, to normal.
1: And you had to, to table it for this year, but the first Mayhem at MBS game is set for September 25th, Mercedes-Benz Stadium. North Carolina, the opponent. And for season ticket members, what privileges does that give them for mayhem at MBS?
0: Well, the great thing is that unlike um, so, uh, like the game a lot of people probably remember, Tennessee, that was a Chick-fil-A game, so that wasn't a home game for us. Uh, so we didn't necessarily have um, uh, the, the ticket allocations um, uh, to control um, for our uh, for our season ticket holders, this being a home game, gives us a lot more control. So we'll have lower bowl seats and access to suites, and so um, we'll be able to provide our uh, season ticket holders with an experience that that mimics their um, you know seat location in uh, in Bobby Dodd.
1: All right. So North Carolina is the mayhem at MBS game this year. The next two years after that your games at MBS will be the Chick-fil-A kickoff games versus Clemson and Louisville. How will that work? Will tech fans still have priority when it comes to seating like they will for the North Carolina game?
0: Yeah. The unique thing about this whole uh, Mercedes-Benz series that we've been able to put together, we've created, we've, um, it's a unique partnership, um, that we've also made with, um, the Chick-fil-A bowl, uh, folks in that we will also have similar control over, um, over seating, So it's kind of the best of all worlds, uh, being associated, obviously, with MBS, um, Chick-fil-A, uh, and it all being a home game. So uh, the, that'll be a, a significant difference from when we've played in that Chick-fil-A kickoff game before, um, uh, like we did with uh, Tennessee.
1: Speaking of season tickets, we're in the first week of season ticket renewals, and you have said that the plan right now is to be at full capacity. at Bobby Dodd, in 2021,
0: yeah, we obviously know that a lot needs to happen uh, between now and and um, and, and September. But our, uh, our, you know, we're gonna we're gonna go into this like we're gonna be at full capacity. Um, and, uh, and 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 so, as somebody said, it's it's. It's a lot easier to say uh, woe or woe than giddy up. And so we're going to giddy up right now. Uh, the response has been great. Um, we're in the first week, and, and our, our first week of, of renewals are going very, very well. Uh, so it's obvious that um, there, there's a, a pent up demand to um, get back into Bobby Dodd and, and, and watch uh, Georgia Tech football live. Tailgating? Tailgating. Full tailgating. Full tailgating. That's our anticipation. Of course, you know we'll have to live with the the situation at the time and and kind of where we are uh, community-wise and campus and 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 all those t- types of things. But we're going to go into it planning for um, a close to a close to normal um, situation. Uh, we're optimistic with the vaccine and and all the things that are going on right now. That um, We'll be in a in a much better spot in September than we are now, but we also know that there's a lot of things that have to happen uh, for us to get there, um, and uh, so we're we're, we're going to have multiple contingencies. Then, um, in fact, that's why we have the fan first guarantee. Is we know things can change, and so we we'll we'll, we'll deal with it as it comes. But coming out of the gate, we are uh, we're gung ho on. Uh, on, on 2021 and, and it's going to be a, a it's great home schedule and, um, and a pretty exciting team with some pretty exciting players that uh, we're, we're really excited about.
1: Operating Bobby Dodd Stadium this past fall at limited capacity, were you nonetheless able to learn some things uh, in those protocols that might help you for when you do operate Bobby Dodd Back at full capacity?
0: Yeah, most definitely. I think in everything that we do, we're learning um, that uh, you know how to how to create a safer environment, and um, and so I think that the things that we've learned through COVID-19 uh, won't end um, when uh, when we're at a different place. I think we'll take what we've learned and continue to to apply those to um, you know future events. So uh, everyone, renew your season tickets, uh, whether you're
1: able to come in 2020 or not. And again, like Todd said, you got that fan-first guarantee. If it turns out you can't use your season tickets due to health or safety considerations, you can opt out as the season approaches. We are in 2021, which means that AI 2020 officially wrapped December 31st, 2020. We have talked about AI 2020 at length in this Toddcast and uh, as you wind down AI 2020, I know you want to share some very exciting news with uh, AI 2020 wrapping up.
0: Yeah, I mean, we, we had a goal of $125 million, um, over, what, a two-and-a-half-year uh, period, and we've exceeded that by at least $50 million. Um and, and just to remind everybody what, what's, in, what's in that number, that started with the, the football locker room, um, the the expansion and phase two of um, our baseball facility, which is uh, going to be, uh, which is being uh, named uh, the the Mac Baseball Park, uh, women's basketball locker room. Um, so uh, the 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 great news is is that um, three significant projects are have already either been concluded or or are in process. And we're currently in the um, design phase for um, Edge Rice. So, uh, you know, that was uh, the the main thing with um, AI 2020 is we had to, had to we had to do some things um, so that we could recruit, build a better student athlete, um, which ultimately leads to wins. And um, we not only exceeded our goal, we we've been able to um basically uh, b- the football locker room we had done um, right out of the gate uh, and I think we're, we're we're seeing the fruits of that um, now in the types of recruiting classes we've been able to, that Jeff's been able to put together
1: with, with all the challenges financially because of the pandemic and still trying to keep that momentum with, AI 2020, the last you know, eight, nine months, really, uh, trying to get to that finish line. What was it like for, for you and for AT to still keep that goal within sight?
0: Well, I, I, I think that we, we had so much momentum, um, and uh, I think we just had to stay focused, that we couldn't allow the fact that we weren't able to get face-to-face with people uh, the way we normally would. Um, but I think AT did a great job of kind of laying the foundation and the, and, uh, as to why this was important, and we were very, very fortunate that, um, that our, our, our donors came through um, and uh, put us in this position where we're able to um, provide facilities for our student athletes and coaches, one that they can recruit to, but two, um, we all know at Georgia Tech, we got to build a better student athlete once we've got them, And, uh, that's what AI 2020 is all about. And you've said, even though you've crossed the
1: finish line, that doesn't mean you can stand still. Can you go into a little more detail about the strategic plan that you're in the process uh, of completing in the wake of AI 2020?
0: Yeah. I mean, it's kind of like nobody's pulling off to the side of the road to let us pass them. So we got to keep, you know, we got to keep, um, our, uh, our foot on the accelerator, and so now uh, we are in a strategic planning process that um, will align so that we're going to be in full alignment with the strategic plan of the Institute, which was just concluded. Uh, but the whole idea is how do we uh, basically sustain a program of broad based success? Uh, when I first got here, it was all about brand and culture and establishing those. Um, turning up the volume, elevating um, uh, kind of the, 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 the excellence and the, you know, the, the expectations of, of Georgia Tech athletics across all programs. Um, and now we got to figure out, okay, how are we going to sustain that um, you know, over the next decade, uh, knowing that there's going to be multiple challenges uh, that we have to overcome, and um, a lot of that is resource-based. Um, and so we're in the process right now of, um, of figuring out uh, what are the things that we got to do, how, what do we need to invest in, um, and uh, what is going to provide us with the best ROI so that we can give our coaches and our student athletes what they need to do to compete at the highest level. Timeline for the strategic plan? Um, it'll be done. Uh, By the end of the spring, okay. Uh, So we're well into it right now, and and um, and so we've just gone through the uh, kind of the due diligence, the peer review. Um, We're using uh, CSS, which is a a large sport consulting firm, uh, to help us with the facilitation. But um, looking at our peers, looking at what it's going to take, as we say, or as we you know we talk about wanting to compete at the highest level, and that means competing for ACC. National championships. It's um, identifying what it is that it's going to take for us to do that on a regular basis. Uh, the great news is we've got a you know a few of our programs that are heck they're they're knocking on the door right now. Um, and when you have you know six to eight of your programs all ranked in the top twenty, um, gives even more impetus. It, and, and you know that one could pop at any moment because it's a lot of it's momentum and right place, right time, and and things fall in your way. But um, if you're not knocking on the door, you have no chance. And so we need to put our programs in a position where every year, year in and year out, we're knocking on the door, and then that special opportunity comes and we're able to take advantage of it.
1: That strategic plan sounds like content for a future (laughs) podcast. So we will save that for a future edition. Um, Support the Swarm, still ongoing still very much important. Can you speak to that uh, and why that still remains a focus of yours?
0: Well, I, it's uh, you know, we knew that this year we were going to um, definitely take a, take a hit in, in lost revenue. And so support the swarm has really been a, uh, you know, an appeal to our, our donors, fans, friends, alums. Um, to 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 uh, invest and, and contribute to our program, whether they're coming to, you know, games or not. In fact, when we started it, we didn't even know whether we were going to have any games, and so um, uh, it's unfortunate. Uh, limited capacity in football and and in basketball. Um, you know, the cancellation of some games, a postponement, and and you're trying to reschedule, but even. Even with that, we're at limited capacity, and a majority of that is our our, our students. So, um, obviously, uh, those are revenue opportunities that we weren't able to take advantage of, and so support the swarm is to help us fill that gap. And you know, as uh, you know, we've done all kinds of cost containment to to try and narrow the. The Delta, um, and which includes furloughs that are you know across the board, head coaches, athletic directors, everybody's affected, um, and everybody's rolled up their sleeves and trying to do their part. And um, but support the swarm definitely is um, necessary because we've cut recruiting budgets, we've cut operating budgets. Um, you know, we've uh, we definitely have done. Um, uh, you know, made a lot of cuts that uh, we certainly um, uh, need to rectify at some point. Uh, or it'll affect us in the long term. So support the Swarm continues to be a priority.
1: All right, there you go. Uh, You'd mentioned baseball and McNeese Baseball Park. Naming was approved by the uh, Board of Regents this past week. Of course, opening day for baseball is a week from Friday, softball opening day this Friday at Mewbourne Field. Attendance for Russ Chandler Stadium for McNeese Baseball Park and for Mewbourne, how did you arrive at that?
0: The, um, I, I mean, the, uh, as we look at just both of those um, facilities and and kind of the, the good news is that they're outdoors. Um, so it definitely is going to give us, uh, make things a little bit um, more manageable, I think. Um, and then of course the environment uh, with the vaccine and those kinds of things are changing. However, we still want to make sure that we're following the CDC and and uh, social distancing and, and masks and those types of things to mitigate any risk to uh, to our fans and and, and our players. But, um, you know, the Mac is going to be a, – a, 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 that's what I'm assuming gonna, we're going to be –
1: Yeah, I was going to say, you're already starting what, the nickname, aren't you? <laughs> yeah,
0: that's what I – I'm assuming we're going to be calling it the Mac. Um, uh, but the uh, Mac uh baseball – uh, park is going to be uh, it's going to be spectacular no and, question um, and so we're looking forward to getting that thing opened and having our fans uh, be able to uh, experience that
1: and now phase two it's nearing completion but because of construction delays in light of COVID won't be ready Right for opening day, but I uh, can't wait to see what the finished product will look like. And, of course, Danny Hall, he will have a pretty good product uh, on the field, as will Eileen Morales. So we look forward to following Georgia Tech baseball and softball this spring. Volleyball is starting up its spring season early next month, number 17 nationally. They'll look to continue their momentum from a successful fall uh, as they continue their push towards the NCAA tournament. Uh, and that is still in the offing, right? The NCAA tournament for volleyball in the spring, correct?
0: Yep. Yeah. So uh, at this point, um, all systems go. So not only will we have um, 16 programs that are all going to be um active uh this spring uh we're also going to have a a number of championships as well so um but the other thing i just wanted to mention about the mac that our people um uh, i think are really going to enjoy just kind of the, the there's a lot of above ground fan friendly um uh aspects to that project but the below ground um uh parts of the project, which is the pitching lab, the hitting labs, Uh, I mean, these are going to be state-of-the-art, high-tech analytics um, that will uh, obviously help our student-athletes get better, but they are so cutting-edge that you have other programs, pro teams um Coaches from MLB that are all looking at what we're doing because it is going to be um, a pretty special um, a pretty special um, uh, building and um, when we talk about recruiting, building a better student athlete and winning, uh, this definitely is going to uh, fit the bill
1: awesome uh, sixteen of seventeen teams at Georgia Tech in competition in the spring, as busy as it is Todd, I imagine it beats last spring when there were no teams in competition in the spring.
0: I mean, and you just think of how frightening that was and just not knowing from one day to the next what was going to happen. I mean, literally, um, you know, basketball teams were being yanked off courts during their conference championships. And uh, I definitely like looking to the future this year as opposed to trying to figure out what the future was going to look like last March.
1: So this is a situation where you'd much rather be saying giddy up than <laughs> that whoa. That's exactly right. We tie the room together on the Toddcast. Now that we wrap up this edition of the Toddcast. Again, like, listen, subscribe. If you got a question for Todd Stansbury for a future edition, you know what to do. Send it on Twitter using the hashtag... Toddcast. I'm at Andy Demetra. He's at GT Todd Stansbury. And we can't wait to do this again before long. At busy Spring on the Flats. Look forward to you being a part of it. And, Tom, we appreciate you being a part of uh, the podcast. Thanks for joining us. Thank you. All right. He's Todd Stansbury. I'm Andy Demetra. Thanks again for listening, everybody. We'll talk to you next time.
0: The Todd Stansbury podcast is a presentation of Ramblin'Wreck.com. Go, Jackets.